Good afternoon and welcome to From Where We Are. I'm Taylor Mills coming to you live from Studio B in USC's Annenberg Media Center. And I'm Brian Sarabia. From Where We Are brings you stories of news and culture through the lens of USC and Southern California. It's Monday, February 14th. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day, Brian. On today's show, how this year's Super Bowl halftime show broke boundaries. I definitely appreciated how they were dancing on the map of L.A. I mean, the songs are just like so, so California. Um, It it was just a lot of fun. Inflation hits a 40-year high. This is part of the reason that we're seeing higher prices and higher inflation is because people are back at work. And Rick Russo runs for mayor of L.A., The Super Bowl halftime performance marked the first time that an all-hip-hop set took the stage. With this historic milestone, we talked to USC students about their opinions on the show and the significance it has for hip-hop culture. Junior Yang prepared this story. The halftime show featured L.A. legends Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, and Kendrick Lamar, accompanied by Mary J. Blige, Eminem, and surprise performer 50 Cent. The concert showcased the past and present hip-hop cultures of L.A. USC sophomore Andrea Jackson worked on the audio team for the performances. She says the artists embody L.A.'s hip-hop culture. I feel like like all of like the performers really emulated like the culture of L.A. and like the up-and-coming nature of it and everything and especially like Dr. Dre, who's like the epitome of it. And I feel like the whole performance was kind of catered around Dr. Dre. Like almost all of the songs like had some sort of mention of Dre and like just how he was like such an icon. And like the dancers were wearing like these dashes that said like Dre Day. And it was like very much like a tribute to him and like how much of an impact he made on like. Locals and visitors alike felt that the show captured the essence of L.A. William Lipton is a freshman in the popular music program at USC Thornton. Yeah, no, totally. I really like that they they tried to represent like a an older era of Los Angeles. I'm not really from here, so I guess my comments don't really weigh as much, but I definitely appreciated how they were dancing on the map of LA. I mean, the songs are just like so so California. Um, I thought it was pretty iconic. I didn't think uh, I'd ever see all those guys up on one stage. Sam Rosenberg is a freshman studying real estate development. And uh, it was just something that was really cool for, I think, a lot of people, and especially the city of L.A. While the show was cool to see on TV, imagine watching it from inside the stadium. Andrea Jackson, the USC student who worked on the audio team, was there for rehearsals and yesterday's live event. It was definitely really crazy, especially because we, the entire past week, we've been like going and watching the halftime show when there's no one in the audience. And, like, we still, like, really, really enjoyed it. But then seeing it with, like, the audience, it's, like, such a different experience because, like, the audience, they, like, all will, like, roar and clap at the same time. And it makes it so much cooler. And, like, the sound just sounds so much better when there's, like, fans, like, cheering for them and everything. Love it or hate it, this halftime show will go down in history as these hip-hop artists were able to bring the L.A. community together through this thrilling experience. For Annenberg Media, I'm Gina Wynn. This past month marks the highest surge in inflation in 40 years. Carter Hyde looks at some causes for this and some effects. 
Since one year ago at this time, inflation had a drastic 7.5% increase on the Consumer Price Index. Leo Feller is an economist at the University of California, Los Angeles. He gives a couple of reasons for the high inflation. Vaccines, we had services uh, reopen. Uh, we had you know people feeling more confident about the labor market uh, going out and consuming because of that, sending down some of their uh, pandemic savings that they were able to accumulate. Prices have been going up. You see it even with tacos. At City Tacos in the USC Village, Hector Aguirre is an assistant manager. He says prices are under pressure these days. Uh, it's mostly, I guess, supply and demand. If prices end up going for our products, we try to get the best quality, of course, to uh, make sure that customers get the best quality of food ingredients. Um, and sometimes prices tend to go whenever we want to go to buy uh, from the store. They get, tend to go up. But do consumers notice? Not always. Not even business majors. William Norris is a USC freshman at Marshall. Well, I think it really depends on the good, but I haven't noticed too many differences. Um, I guess I've noticed differences in gas prices since um, competition has changed in the Middle East and Russia, but that's a more long-term issue. Um, overall, no, I wouldn't say I've seen uh, large-scale changes in prices. And even though inflation may be at an historic high, Professor Feller of UCLA is optimistic. It's also important to keep in mind, the economy is actually doing well. Like, we got a faster labor market recovery than we expected, right? This is part of the reason that we're seeing higher prices and, and, and higher inflation is because people are back at work. It's because unemployment is down at 3.9%, right? It's because we've gotten, you know, labor force participation to, to begin recovering. And wages are generally up, but unfortunately, so are the prices of tacos. Brandenburg Media, I'm Carter Hyde. Gosh, that's so unfortunate because I'm a huge fan of City Tacos and I go there regularly, but it's whatever. In the race for mayor of Los Angeles, you can add a name familiar to the USC community. Rick Caruso has joined the fray. Caruso is chaired of the Board of Trustees of USC. He is also a wealthy shopping mall developer. Nick Charles reports. Rick Caruso, a 63-year-old billionaire real estate developer, announced Saturday that he will be running for L.A. mayor as a Democrat after entertaining the possibility of a run since 2010. Caruso said in a Twitter statement, I won't be a typical Democrat, that's for sure. I will be a pro-centrist, pro-jobs, pro-public safety Democrat. Caruso is a familiar face in L.A. life. He owns The Grove and the Americana at Brand, among other shopping centers in and around L.A. He has been involved in public life since the 1980s, holding various board positions in different organizations, including head of the city's police commission, and having been on the board of the Los Angeles Department of Water and Power. Caruso graduated from USC's School of Policy, Planning, and Development in 1980. He became the chair of the Board of Trustees of USC in 2018. Although his candidacy for mayor has only just begun, a few USC faculty have expressed concern about his ability to handle both roles, as well as the possibility of a conflict of interest. In the race for mayor, Caruso will face harsh opposition. Current leaders include the former chair of the Congressional Black Caucus, Representative Karen Bass, and city councilman and former state Senate leader Kevin DeLeon, and city attorney Mike Fewer. The unhoused and crime are two main issues for LA's voters. 
Caruso, who will likely self-fund much of his campaign, could run more to the right than some other Democratic candidates. On the day he filed to run, Caruso told reporters, I love Los Angeles. I love the diversity of Los Angeles. I'm eager to be a part of this. Primary voting day is June 7th. Observers say the race will likely require a runoff in November. For Annenberg Media, I'm Nick Charles Curry. As today is Valentine's Day, we thought we'd share the origins of how the lovey-dovey day began. Here's Veronique Louis-Jacques with the story. While there are conflicting views on the origin story of Valentine's Day, the holiday can be dated back to ancient Rome and the fertility feast of Lupercalia. It occurred during February 13th through 15th and involved a matchmaking lottery between men and women. But the holiday's name stems from St. Valentine of Terni. He is said to have gone against Roman Emperor Claudius II, secretly marrying Christian couples to spare them from going to war. This is actually why the holiday is associated with love. But because of this, he was executed by the emperor. Legend has it that while in jail, he befriended his jailer's daughter and addressed a letter with, from your Valentine, allegedly healing her blindness. But despite its dark past, Valentine's Day has become the most wholesome holiday of the year, celebrating love and romance around the world. In Mexico, Valentine's Day is known as Dia de la Mori la Amistad, or the Day of Love and Friendship, in Spain as Saint Valentin, in France as Saint Valentin, and in Portugal as Dia dos Nomorados, or Lover's Day. It can be defined with popular love songs, When your legs don't work like they used to before, romance movies, and tons of flowers and chocolates. So as you go on to celebrate Valentine's Day, remember to stay safe and spend time with the people you love the most. For Annenberg Media, I am Veronique Louis-Jacques. Joining us today is Annenberg adjunct professor John Davis. He was the tweeter-in-chief for LA Daily News during the Super Bowl yesterday at SoFi Stadium in Inglewood. Listeners probably know, but the hometown L.A. Rams took home the Lombardi Trophy. John, thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. So walk us through the process. What is it like to live tweet an event like the Super Bowl? Like, what are some of the challenges of covering such a huge thing? Well, actually, the planning for that began days before. I actually had a meeting probably about 72 hours before the Super Bowl where I planned out the whole day hour by hour and said, these are the types of things I would like to do. Mm-hmm. during the experience, but I also had to be very flexible when I actually got there. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Uh, picture this. It's the fourth quarter, and the Bengals are up by four in the final minutes. Describe the atmosphere in SoFi Stadium and the final moments of the game when the Rams were in possession. Well, I think it depended on what section you were sitting in. So where I was sitting, I was in a 500 section, and I was surrounded by Bengals fans. Oh, and wow. so <laughs> they were anticipating that they were going to figure out a way to win this game. Mm -hmm. But when it came down to it and it was first and goal, they kind of knew the writing was on the wall. (laughs) So you had like all access to SoFi with your press pass. Um, What was a starstruck moment or that was a really surreal experience that stuck out for you? Probably was the end of the night when, I don't know if you noticed, but one of the props for the halftime show were these boxes that said Dre Day on them, mm-hmm. where the performers, yeah. the performers hopped out of. Well, when I was finishing up doing the press conferences, 
I actually found the boxes. They just looked like they were about to take them away and put them in the trash. But it was kind of cool just to be like next to a halftime show prop. And those were the ones that Kendrick Lamar's dancers were in, if I remember correctly, seeing the halftime show. Yeah, so that was really cool for me. That's insane. I wanted to take one home, but I didn't. (laughs) You could have. You could have looked like they're literally going in the trash. <laughs> so some news today that the celebration parade is going to be held right next to USC this Wednesday. Do you have any plans to cover that or maybe to attend? I think I have plans to cover it. So if I cover it, I'll attend and I'll probably do a lot of the same that I was able to do for the what you call the the Twitter takeover that I did for the L.A. Daily News, where, you know, you really just embrace the moment you plan for it. But when something happens you just take advantage of it like for example um one of the most important interviews i actually did was only a minute long but it was with la public health director dr barbara ferrer and that was a video that has four hundred thousand views right now wow that's a lot of eyeballs yeah. yeah a million impressions how after this you know how will you top this what's next for you and either with your organization or just as a journalist well this was my first super bowl so hopefully it's not my last and I believe it was a plan that we were able to do that I think we can implement for upcoming events, say the MLB All-Star Weekend, which is going to be in July. We have the national championship coming up in 2023 in January at SoFi Stadium. So now I'm intimately familiar with the venue and so on and so forth. A lot of great things happening at SoFi Stadium over the next seven years and probably Mm -hmm. culminating with the L.A. 2028 Olympics. The Olympics, a lot to look forward to. Thank you so much for joining us today, John. You're Express your experience and your perspective was amazing. Thank you so much. All right, Celine Mendiola, Val Diaz, and Guillermo Guerrero produced today's show. Fernando Cienfuegos was on the soundboard, and we had help from Brindley Johnson, Catherine Hammond, Andrew Holloman, Larry Ding, Nick Charles Curry, and Ethan Huang. Derek Renfro composed our theme music. We stream live on KXSC. Follow them at kxsc.org slash listen. And we're on YouTube at Annenberg Radio News. Subscribe to From Where We Are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. I'm Brian Sarabia. And I'm Taylor Mills. We hope you have a happy Valentine's Day from all of us at Annenberg Radio, wherever you are. We hope you'll join us again for From From Where Where We We Are. Are.